Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Fashion Grunge Podcast. I am your host, Lauren. Hi, I'm Charles. What's up? We're live today. This is, this is so weird that we're we're in the same place, in the same room, actually recording. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, I don't know about you, but I want to like find a 50-year-old woman and punch her in the face. Oh my god, <laughs> I want to help you. <laughs> I want to help you. So that's our, uh, we're doing Pump Up the Volume, uh, 1990, directed by Alan Moyle and written by, who also did Empire Records. Mm. So awesome. He's from Canada too, which is really okay. weird. Starring Christian Slater in probably the most Christian Slater movie that's ever Christian Slater. He managed to up Christian Slater himself from like Heather's, which which, right? which was which is which was impressive. Which was a lot. <laughs> yeah. Like that movie was a lot. Um, also, there's a lot of timeline relationship questions I have as well when we get there. <laughs> but I want to start off with housekeeping. Uh, thanks for everyone for listening to the show. I don't even know we're on episode like 80, this will be 86. Mm. So it's a lot. We're almost at a hundred. We're on Patreon. I always forget to say it at the top of the show. So patreon.com slash fashion grunge. We are reviewing every episode of freaks and geeks doing a deep cut every month, which we haven't done yet, but we'll do something for May, I guess. We're going to do popular. Oh, we're going to cool. talk about the show popular. So maybe we can record that, but yeah, so we're doing that. Then we're going to do my so-called life after that. So yeah, it's super fun. Five bucks a month. Just do it. Follow us on Twitter, FGrungePod, Instagram, FashionGrungePod. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, all that fun stuff. So yeah, let's get into it. Uh, I was going to say, how have you been? But I guess the world's kind of sort of opening up. Yeah. Charles had soup inside the other day. <laughs> I went to Panera for a like. Went to a Panera in Tenleytown and like got a dine-in order, and it was it it was like it was the equivalent of like going on a roller coaster at like King's Dominion. It was like <laughs> it was just thrilling. You're living wild. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, I also really wanted to figure out a way to do um, a like you know just have the different kind of uh, intros. We have the music, but I kind of wanted to put a different I don't know, not a not a a movie clip, but I kind of want to do like. Little small different movie clips for mm. each section under the music. So I really want to do Clueless. I, when we get to fashion, I want to have a thing where um, it's just Cher going to Amber like, Hey, Ambular, was that you going through my closet? <laughs> and then that's it. <laughs> so I just want to do a really quick thing because I also really want to do... I need to record... Uh, I think probably for every episode, but definitely for the ones that we do together, I want to record the bit in Fear where he says, Nicole, give me a coat. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to interject it in random places because it's just so funny. And I, yeah, if you haven't seen Fear, fucking go watch it and go listen to our episode on it because I don't know. I, I feel like that's just a classic. It um Your recent episode about... about- Boogie Nights made me realize how much I missed having Mark Wahlberg in my life. Right? Like, he's kind of like a dark horse. Mm-hmm. He's almost like a Christian Slater. Mm-hmm. He Like Christian Slater, I feel like, which we'll get to, and we'll get to the the weird, wild wor- world of Christian Slater, but I feel like he's one of those dark horse actors that never... He's. I don't want to say he's not A-list, but he's like between A and B. Yeah. You know, he's not the first guy that you go for now, but he's... A big deal. He was, yeah. He was a big deal in the 90s. I mean, like, you couldn't, like, turn him away at, like, a fancy restaurant or anything. No. But, like, at the same time, he probably isn't in, in, in as many roles as he should be. Yeah. So. I think so. He And he has a lot of similarities to, like, River Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I don't think as much in the drama side. I feel like he's more 
like cheery and like kind of mischievous yeah. than River Phoenix was cast anyway. I mean, maybe he was in real life, but he also did his part in Interview with a Vampire. That was supposed right. to be River Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Christian Slater did it. And he donated his salary to one of River Phoenix's causes in, from Interview with a Vampire. Oh, because, that's cool. Yeah, which also another River Phoenix tie-in here is this also, this film also introduces Samantha Mathis, who was the last girlfriend of River Phoenix mm. when he passed away. So there's a lot of like River Phoenix-ish. And um, I read that um, Christian Slater and Samantha Ma- Mathis, I think, dated briefly for about like, yes. a year. We'll get into this dating timeline okay. because okay. apparently wasn't he also dating Winona? Oh, was he? He said he was during Heather's, which was the year before. And supposedly, I guess we'll get into it now. Supposedly, he was dating Samantha Mathis for a year when they filmed this. I was like, 89, 88. Winona also says she doesn't remember (laughs) you guys dating. I mean, it sounds like the relationship just didn't mean that much to Winona. (laughs) Winona's the the queen. I mean, she really is. Um, So yeah, wait, what are your first impressions with this movie? When did you first see it? So I should remember very vividly. I believe I was in seventh or eighth grade. Oh, wow. And I was hanging out at my dad's house on like a Saturday afternoon. And um, I... uh, and I, um, I think like I turned on like I think it was showing on like USA Network. Like that was a channel I usually clicked to on like a weekend afternoon because mm-hmm. I usually showed movies. And I think I caught it about like a half hour in, and I just became so absorbed in the story, and I really got into it. But this was before like your cable providers like flash what you were watching at like the bottom of your screen. Mm-hmm. So I, so for the longest time, I knew I really liked this movie, but I didn't know what it was called. <laughs> oh my god! So and then, um, and then I, th- I think like you know the miracles of IMDb eventually made that you know gave me some answers but yeah <laughs> and google too being yeah. like radio station christian slater movie yeah <laughs> yeah because a lot of yeah that's true a lot of times you never knew what you were watching mm-hmm. so did you watch the whole thing like from that half hour in until yeah. the end oh okay. yeah cool awesome so yeah. did you like it yeah yeah it was great how many times have you seen it since then um i think once or twice i i'm pretty sure i bought the vhs while i was in college oh cool um oh no i bought the vhs tape but like the um the like top part that like flips back like it was missing oh. so i like couldn't play it um oh, or, or, fuck. Or, or i mean i could but i was like oh, i don't know if I yeah want it'll to. get stuck in the machine yeah, yeah. oh man <laughs> Wow. Okay. I don't, I can't remember the first time I've seen this, but I feel like I saw it. I want to say I rented it on um, Netflix when it was the discs. Okay. Yeah. Like before you actually had to, before it was streaming and before it was streaming, it was called instant watch because Mm. I was reminded of an old Facebook uh, day, you know how the memories. Yeah, and I think I wrote like blah 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 is on Instant Watch. Sweet, and I was like, oh yeah, it was called <laughs> Instant Watch. And there was a time where it was normal to have Instant Watch and have a plan that had like yeah. two DVDs, <laughs> so you could watch whatever you wanted to on the thing, and then you could also still have your disc. And they still have a disc plan. They do. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember it was weird because we used to be able to like share each other's like cues. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, you know, you would like yell at me because you're like, why are you renting 
the, the first four movies of Saw. <laughs> yeah, <know? laughs> yeah, you could see it. Like, wait, I told you to watch this movie. Why are you watching this? It was actually really weird. You could also do it on Facebook. Oh, and then okay. you could like share your Netflix queue like with your Facebook friends oh, or something like cool. that. It was really funny. We have a really cute dog that's like a third silent co-host. <laughs> She's really cute. She she has a lot of personality. She does. She's really sweet. You can't even hear her, but she's really cute. Yeah, Charles is house-sitting, so we're like, you know, we're actually doing our own little pirate radio station here. We're Fuck yeah, up. blow everything up. <laughs> we're, so, we're setting it up, like, exactly like the movie. Um, so Fuck yeah, the man! <laughs> damn the man, save the empire, which apparently is what Alan Moyle is, like, all about. He's all about, like, damn the man. Um, because I mentioned earlier he did Empire Records, another amazing film if you have not seen it. I don't know why you would listen mm. to this podcast, because it was probably in one of the first ten episodes. I remember the first time I watched it, I think we were like on a school trip and we were going somewhere, and I think you brought the VHS tape. I probably did. Yeah. I am that person. <laughs> it would be like, everyone, we have to watch this movie. It's so good. So yeah, I've seen this movie like two times maybe, probably on a disc, and then one other time it's really hard to find yeah it's really. a it's a really weird movie i think it's on dvd or like blu-ray like they did some reissue but it's not a film that you really hear about a lot mm-hmm. you hear about it more now because it's been 30 years 31 this yeah. year i guess we should have done it last year but and it kind of talks about the same topics it's so topical even mm-hmm. now being 30 years ago and it's so funny because this is such a meta episode because we're recording a podcast about a guy who has a pirated radio (laughs) podcast that not many people listen to so like that's us (laughs) so cool we're like doing both time time uh double time my i have a note that said have you ever wanted to hear a horny 90s christian slater give you dating or life advice then this is the film for you Because that's essentially what it turns into. Um, I wrote talk hard, happy Harry hard on. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's what I got from my yeah. like first little notes. Do you have any other first notes? Um, I, I just wrote that I really miss like the radio that that, that, that I listen to. Like I miss like you know um, like HFS mm-hmm. and um, you know DC. 101, which I don't think was as highly regarded, but I, I still listen to it. Yeah, it and was. Then, yeah, it was, um, wasn't as great. But and then I always really like 94.7 Classic Rock. Classic Rock now has Nirvana, so Ugh. welcome. We've reached that era. Okay, well, back in 1998. <laughs> um, <laughs> when it was like 70s music, yeah. basically. And um, I had seen that, that episode of The Simpsons where Bart like makes um, gives the organist like the music to Inagata DeVita by oh, Iron yeah. Butterfly. And so I really wanted to hear the actual song. And so 94.7 would play the full 17 <gasps> minute version of In a God DeVita every Saturday night at 6 o'clock. No way! Yeah. Oh shit, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. And I love how it shows in the Simpsons episode, it's like on the screen, it's like 17 minutes later, and the, the organist is like. Doo, 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 doo. And she's like all gray haired, like tired. And the, you see the crowd, someone you know, flicks on a lighter. Yeah. And then I think she goes like. Doo, 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 doo. 
then she like falls over. It's really funny. Um, cool. All right. So I guess we're moving on to behind the scenes. This okay. is one of those early '90s films where it's kind of hard to find production mm. notes. So we found a little bit, but what do you got? Because I know we're probably gonna have a um, lot of the same. There's not much. So Rotten Tomatoes. Um, critics um, have it at this movie at 81 percent. Mm. Um, and an uh, audience score of 84 percent. Oh wow! Okay. So um, actually, that would have been higher than I would have thought it would be, but you know, yeah. I thought that was cool. Yeah, that's good. Um, so Christian Slater and Samantha Mathis were in also a like on-screen couple in the movie Broken Arrow that came Another out in classic. Na- 1997, which mm-hmm. was like, which I remember seeing in the theater, and John Travolta was, was crazy. Say, it's John Travolta, right? Yeah, yeah, and you know, there's there's like that. You know that fighter jet that can like evade radar, and they're in like the Utah National Park, and there's explosions everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely like an action porn film. I like, like, uh, what is it? The Rock is that the one with Nicolas Cage or no Con Air? Nicholas, no, Nicholas Cage, is he in The Rock? Such Sean Connery is in The Rock, I think. I think they're both in The Rock. Are they both in it? Yeah, okay. And then I know there's Con Air, yeah, that's Nicholas Cage. And, and face um, off and face off my favorites and yeah. um i don't i don't um and um a personal favorite of mine i always really like to watch the movie cliffhanger from 1993 i don't think i've seen that all the way through it's, I think I've it's seen good clips. you know it has that opening scene when um like that when like that woman is like on the wire and oh, like her, and like her harness starts to like undo itself yeah. and there's that like horrifying scene where she's like dangling like 4,000 yeah. feet up and like Vester Sloan is like trying to like save her and it and he doesn't yeah <laughs> I, yeah I do remember that he's a beast yeah Sylvester yeah. Stallone like he I know we did an episode on Demolition Man and I'll probably always be really disappointed that like a lot of the fan base is obviously not into it because I love Demolition Man (laughs) and I probably saw it at a young age where the nostalgia is more heavy for me than the actual film Mm -hmm. itself if you were to watch it now. But Wesley Snipes and Sylvester Stallone are just the greatest (laughs) like villain hero combination. I feel like it just works really well. Wesley Snipes is a really good actor. Dude, they're redoing Blade. We should do an episode on Blade. I know, okay. me, I know. Me and Mikey will probably do it for sure because he's really into that. But it's another um, great one. Steven Dorff is in that one. Too. I always really like the movie Passenger Fifty Seven. Oh yeah! Oh, I need to watch Backdraft. Oh yeah, yeah. It yeah. was on HBO, and I meant to. I was like, oh shit, Billy Baldwin. <laughs> yeah, and so, like Billy Baldwin is a firefighter, so he's like covered in ash and Ugh. smoke and. <laughs> God, enough with horny men of the nineties <laughs> edition. <laughs> Um, oh, so this movie was also nominated for four Independent Spirit Awards. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. For Best Feature, Best Director, Best Actor, and Best Screenplay. Didn't win, though, right? Nope. Damn. We didn't look up, I guess, what won. I wonder what won in 90. Oh. I what was, like, the big thing. Gosh, I, mean, I don't know. I could look it up, but I'm kind of lazy. Um... Um... It was probably, like, Fried Green Tomatoes or something. Or, I don't no, know. that's not indie. They were probably nominated for Oscars. Yeah, that's right. And when were the Independent Spirit Awards first? I feel like they're kind of new, but ninety th- would that have been like one of the early ones? I think like I think they I think they first started doing them like in like the mid eighties. Um, oh, okay. But um, I've um, I, I've actually been browsing a lot of the old like uh, like like past like uh, 
years of of, of on, on like IMDb. Oh yeah, like the old winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's um it actually actually is a cool way to find like uh find like uh you know movies that I haven't heard of. So. Yeah, there are a lot. There are a lot that I I mean I guess as the podcast goes on because we're almost at a hundred, but. Uh, a little plug here. Uh, we have a letterboxed account um, slash fashion grunge that I have all the lists of like movies we're going to cover. Um, when I find movies that we're going to cover, I just put them in there so people mm. can see like what things we're covering. We still have a lot to go, but I feel like as the podcast goes on, we're going to probably do more and more independent ones because yeah. from 10 years, there's a lot of independent stuff. Um, so it, um, for be, um, Best Feature, it was nominated along with The Grifters, Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer, oh. The Plot Against Harry, and To Sleep With Anger. Wow, I haven't heard of any of those. Um, and The Grifters won. I, ha- I have heard of that, but I haven't seen it. It has wow. like Angelica Houston, John Cusack, and Annette Benning in it. I think oh, it, wow. Yeah. Cool. Right, that's a good idea to look through. And even for people out there, if you want to find some films that you haven't seen, heard of before yeah independent spirit is like the indie oscars mm-hmm. it's like a big yeah. yeah it's like a big deal and then um for best male lead um the people nominated were martin priest for the plot against harry okay. christian slater christopher reed for house party oh. um M- michael rooker for henry portrait of a serial killer which is a dark movie yeah um, and have you seen it or heard yeah of it? it's 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 one of those movies sort of like mysterious skin where oh. I, I i i thought it was a great movie but i never want to see it again yeah <laughs> so. i i feel somewhat about i feel somewhat that way about requiem for a dream mm. but i have watched it maybe like four times and we will cover it because i know it's a big film a lot of people like but it's one of those films like uh it's just hard to watch i mean yeah it's just not in, it's not an enjoyable watch it's yeah. very dark yeah um oh and then danny glover won for the movie to sleep with anger which is something oh. i've not heard of oh wow okay yeah. cool so those are some other things that are potentially on the list i guess yeah cool um yeah what else you got uh that's it oh it's all sweet all right cool yeah. so i have that i couldn't find a budget for this film but I don't know. I mean, it's very indie. I can't imagine it's a, a lot. But I found that the opening weekend, they made $1.6 million, which okay. is, like, pretty okay for, like, a kind of sleeper. But all in all, they made eleven point five. So that's got to recoup something. I mean, the budget couldn't have been more than $5 million, I'm guessing. Right in 1990. Yeah. This is, like, late 80s. Before this, um, Christian Slater did Heathers. He also did Gleaming the Cube, which is, like, a skater oh, movie that we great... will definitely yeah, do. Yeah. And I also want to do that film that he did with... Is it Cindy Crawford or Mila Jovovich? Pause? Oh, Cuffs? Cuffs. Yeah, Why am I yeah. Doing pause? Is that a movie? Pause? Well, there is... Well, there is that... Um, there, well, there is that... Um, <laughs> that... 90s classic of Billy Baldwin and Cindy Crawford called Fair Game. Oh, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Wait, so who's in this with, with uh, is it Mila Jovovich? Yes. It's Mila Jovovich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She's in Cuffs. Yes. Yes. Okay, we have to do that because I'm sure it's bad, but I'm sure it's probably great. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, it's where, I feel like, I don't, I don't know if, if Cuffs came out after this movie, but I feel like Christian Slater was sort of doing a parody of himself at that point. And same <laughs> so, with this. Yeah. Like, he literally gets to play himself. I'm going to Google this. Really quick to see when Cuffs came out. But I'm glad that I didn't get as much as you did. So yeah, 11.5. 
Um, I have a note that Christian Slater got physically ill on the set because of all the cigarettes he had to smoke, which I find kind of weird. I I guess they probably weren't doing the herbal cigarettes thing at the time. They probably were actually smoking. That's what John Hamm said they did for Mad Men. They like smoke the herbal ones. Yeah. And same with Peaky Blinders. If anyone, 92 is when Cuffs came out. Okay. So it's after this. Um, yeah, Peaky Blinders, if anyone watches that, uh, Killian Murphy is like constantly smoking throughout the entire show, but it's herbal. Um, okay, so I also have the chemistry between Slater and Mathis was real because apparently they'd been, they were in the middle of a year long relationship when this was filmed. Okay. We talked about it earlier. Apparently he was also dating, thought, thought he was quote unquote dating, allegedly dating Winona <laughs> Ryder during Heather. So shout out to either Christian Slater or Winona Ryder or Samantha Mathis if you want to come on the pod and explain this timeline i would maybe love a deep dive episode of someone who does celebrity relationships (laughs) to get to the bottom of that because i'm interested um and in another real life tidbit because i don't know if people realize it because it's not talked about as much we're more into the johnny depp debauchery but christian slater was like an og bad boy in the Mm. 90s um, he, during the making of this film, he had his license suspended for the second time because he'd gotten two DUIs in two years. Oh. So in the end where, um, what's her name? Nero? Is it, what's her name? Nira? Nira? What's her character's name? The girl, Nima? Oh, Nora. Right? Nora, that's it. I knew yeah. it was an N. Um, she's driving around in the Jeep and he's broadcasting from the Jeep. Uh-huh. He, they had to rework the script because he couldn't drive oh. because his license was taken away or suspended in the middle of the filming. Wow. So Alan Moyle had to rework <laughs> the script, which I think was really funny. And this is also first of three collabs with Mathis. There's okay. this film, Broken Arrow and Fern Gully. <laughs> I did not even realize that Christian Slater was a voice in Fern Gully. Was he? Wow. Apparently that's according to IMDb. So um. yeah. I think that's kind of interesting. When I, I, I remember when like Avatar came out, everyone was like, what the fuck was that? It's basically just Fern Gully. Dude, Fern Gully <laughs> is everything. And it really showed us the terror of environmentalists at like a very young age. I know. Like it's a really sad, depressing film and probably because it's even more true now. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of sad and depressing, but yeah, that's all I have for behind the scenes. We had a little light one. Um, let's get into the fashion. We don't have too much, but we have enough to talk about. Do you have any standouts? Um, I gotta find the costume designer. So, um, there's a scene where, um, you know, um, it's the scene where, like, uh, Christian Slater's talking to his, like, worthless parents, and, like, um, that he's, um, and, um, he's, uh, oh no, it's a scene when... Like, he uh, is going to his dad's office, and um, he, his dad comes in, and his dad is wearing a, is wearing the most comfortable-looking sweater I've ever seen in my oh, entire shit. life. Oh, shit! What is it? it? It just looked like an argyle, like, oh. kind of sweater. It looked very puffy and soft. I and, love an argyle. And it, it just it just looked like you could live in that sweater for days. Oof. Um I love sweaters. And then, and they I, were in Arizona. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I forgot. Yeah, this the story takes place in like from a new. You can open the you can open the Coke can on. Uh, I want to hear it. Open up and say oh. summer. <laughs> There's a podcast I listen to, and right before they're about to discuss anything like really crazy, you just hear this. Like it means the guy's like opening a beer. He's like, hold on, and then he's like. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's talk about it. It's really funny. 
didn't um, notice the. I didn't even notice that. Um, yeah, no, I just thought like really soft and, and like comfy. Mm. Um, and then um, I don't um, I don't know her character's name, but Nora's friend is. She, I don't. Know, it looks like she's wearing like a peach jumpsuit. Yeah, and then she's wearing like a floral jacket that sort of like comes down to her waist. Mm-hmm. Um, and Super it 80s. just, um, it just, she just looked like someone's, like, like someone's cool aunt you'd like <laughs> to hang out with. Um, and then, um, I'm trying to think, um, I, I also really love the character of Paige. Like, I thought she had some great outfits. She does. Um, and, oh, oh, so this is a little off topic, but I, I was sort of surprised that, like, Christian Slater ended up with Nora, because I thought he was, he liked Paige more. That's what it made it look like. Yeah. But I think he liked Paige. It seemed like he liked Paige physically, but then when he knew the letters were from Nora. I, okay. I think that was what, like, I think he might have thought that, that a girl that looked like Paige wrote the letter. Okay. And then, but then he, the whole, the whole, I, I don't buy I mean, I didn't really buy Christian Slater as, like, this introvert. I felt like yeah. that was one thing that was just kind of hard for me to grasp because he's so extroverted in so many roles. So it's so weird to see him kind of, like, you know, he doesn't talk. I did think it was kind of funny where they're like, he don't talk much. And he's like, no. Yeah. <laughs> he just like, walks away. <laughs> he's like, bitch, I talk every night at 10 o'clock. <laughs> I know you're listening. I talk for, like, five hours, um, which is kind of funny. Um but um, I'm sure there's a there's a Paige wearing like an outfit with like a purple blazer like when like they're in like the quad and yeah. she's just kind of like dancing and um, I don't know I just thought it looked cool and then like her freakout outfit when she like blows up her house and she just <laughs> is wearing like the greatest sweater it I, is it's really cool <laughs> um, and then I think that might be it okay all of mine are like. I literally just wrote Christian Slater in gold glasses is lady boner central. (laughs) I fucking love it. I love him in the glasses. He wears glasses all the time, which makes me think that he's a fellow glasses wearer, Mm. which makes me love him even more. Johnny Depp is also a fellow glasses wearer. You can tell he wears glasses in a lot of his roles. And I think they're real because you can see Mm. if you wear glasses, you know what's up. You can see from the side, you can tell like, oh, those are prescription. So I did love the like gold rim 80s. 90s kind of glasses um all of my notes were basically on um like oh, harry like the or like <laughs> mark really i love his bowling shirt that's black and red and white mm. that we see him in in the beginning a lot i love his like chambray like denim shirt at school with like a t-shirt underneath it and then he has jeans oh. it's like a it's like a denim kind of but it's almost like a double yeah um i love the 80s like dark mustard pantsuit on the teacher oh yeah that was dude cool. yeah and, it was so good and it, it looks sort of like a dark like camel skin right yeah yeah, yeah. i was gonna say like dark mustard it was like a hard yeah then, it's like this almost this color yeah here, and then yeah. she's starting wearing like a white flowy blouse and like a texas tie yeah yeah the bolo ties yeah, yeah it's super cool um, I also love the 80s clothes on Nora, how she's wearing like all black and then mm-hmm. also like kind of Madonna. It's very mm-hmm. like like late 80s Madonna inspired because later on she has on like a stripe. She has like a striped t-shirt. It looks like a boy's shirt. Yeah. And I think she has like a denim jacket when she's driving around, which I thought was really cool. And I also love Mark's or Christian Slater's like plaid. It's like the front is plaid. It's like mm-hmm. red and black when he's at school and the back is just solid. Oh, okay. I like that shirt. Yeah. I think that's super cool. Um, Michael Abbott did the fashion or the costume designs for this one. Okay. So super cool. Uh, yeah, that's all I had. For that. Um, 
And I know she turned out to be kind of evil, but I love the principal. Dude, <laughs> I, I, I have a note about the principal when we get to when we get to the story. But yeah, okay. um, um, music. This yeah. is another. Uh, if you are a fan of fashion grunge, which you are, this is a sick soundtrack. Yeah, it's pretty cool. What are your faves? Uh, they have lots of Leonard Cohen, which, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool because he's not necessarily someone who I associate with like punk rock, but. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my uh, mom used to play his r- records growing up. Um, oh, cool! And then, um, and then, um, so she's always been a f- fan of his. And then I think that my sister took her to a Leonard Cohen concert maybe about ten years ago, and she said that there were like all these women in their sixties just like going ape shit, <laughs> like Tom Jones. Yeah, when yeah. Tom Jones performs, he has panties on the stage. Yeah, like women <laughs> freak out. <laughs> so funny. Um, I think the the theme song for his radio show is Everybody Knows. Yeah. By Leonard Cohen, yeah. Um, he has a lot. Like, he has a lot of Leonard Cohen's in there. Um, yeah, and you know, it took me about, I was about 40 minutes into this movie when I remembered that I had Shazam on my phone. Dude, <laughs> so. I know, but some of them I tried to look up and some of them didn't work. Kick Out the Jams was one of my favorites. It's an MC5 song, but this one's performed by Bad Brains with Henry Rollins. What? Yeah, that's wow. apparently according to IMDb, because I wrote MC5, but I was like, this kind of sounds like MC5, so I'm going to have to do more investigating mm. and see if I can find what which one is Bad Brains and Henry Rollins, because that's fucking dope. DC yeah. people, what, what, word. Um, so cool. I like that song by the Pixies, Wave of Mutilation. Another great one. I believe that's a B-side, oh, a Pixies okay. B-side, which is awesome. Um... And then um, I remember uh, they. He said he played something by the the Descendants, right? Wiener Schnitzel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he mentioned a song called "No Dogs in Space," which made me um, interested because there's a podcast called "No Dogs in Space." Oh, I wonder if that's from that. Well, it's um, it's like hosted by a husband and wife team, and it's they they'll sort of like do like a. Um, do like a two or three part series about like a band, just kind of give you a complete o- overview. Oh, and wow. so I think like they've like um, done a lot of like uh, punk rock bands like The Descendants and oh, you know cool. the Ramones, and I think they're doing like a five part series about the Beastie Boys now. So, oh wow! Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you have any more? I I don't think so. There's Cowboy Junkies, Me and the Devil Blues, Richard Hell and the Voidoids. It's called mm. Love Comes in Spurts. Love Richard Hell. Um, Blank Generation is probably one of his most famous songs. Uh, it just has a dope soundtrack. I have, yeah, the Pixies I've got. Why Can't I Fall in Love by Ivan Neville. Beastie Boys is also on there. Okay. Um, and in the story, Christian Slater's from the East Coast and it moves to Arizona because of his dad's job as like some school. What is he, superintendent of the school or... He's head of all the he's, schools. They or call him a commissioner, right? Yeah, or, or school like commissioner. Yes, yeah, so yeah. he's ahead of everything. So yeah, so so a lot of times he mentions like out east or like back east mm-hmm. in the film because he's from New York. Christian Slater is another one that's so weird that he's from New York City. I mm. never like put that together, but then when I do, I'm like, oh yeah, because he seems kind of California, but then he also doesn't at the same time. Yeah. So he seems very like East Coast, which is kind of cool. But this is a dope soundtrack. I, I think someone probably on Spotify has put together all of the, I'm sure they've put together all of the fucking things, like all of the songs. So I'll try to share it. But uh, yeah, cool. So favorite scenes and lines. Okay. Are you ready to get into it? I mean, I kind of, there are a lot of great quotes 
Yeah. Um, it's going to be hard. Um, I, I mean, Christian Slater has um, about like 40 different like amazing speeches throughout this movie. He does. <laughs> so. I also have to say, big props to Christian Slater for doing so much of his acting alone. Yeah. It's really hard to do... I mean, I know he's speaking into a microphone and he's doing a radio station, but it's. I feel like it's hard to kind of be introspective and not have another person to bounce off of mm-hmm. and to really think about or, you know, to talk to. So it's cool that he does all of these kind of... It just it doesn't seem like a script. Yeah, It seems yeah. very natural. Like, he really is this guy doing a radio station, you know, doing a radio DJ, which yeah. is really cool. Um, i trying to think. Um... I, um, okay, so the scene, um, I like the scene where he calls the guidance counselor. I know, that was my first favorite um, one. And I just sort of, um, related to the guidance counselor in this scene, just because in the part when the guidance counselor is trying to verbalize what, what, what his job is, I felt like that was me on so many occasions, <laughs> just because I'm just like, oh, well, I work for the VA, and, um, you know, we, uh, we're a, we're a bisexual i mean i mean uh you know a, a uh, litigation group and um you know we uh we you know and and you know inside what i'm what i'm thinking is we basically just screw veterans over you know? <laughs> yeah right it's like a really fucked up you're like but it's a government job and someone's got to do it <laughs> yeah um and i've been there for 15 years and i have tenure so they can't touch me yeah so. that's literally like the and you've like great health insurance yeah and i have paid vacation and i essentially can never be fired yeah so I can kind of walk in naked. And... I, I'm not, but yeah, but I kind of sort of could, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think. I I love the scene where Paige like loses her shit um, at the PTA. Um, at, like, the um, PTA in, in her house, and then at the PTA. Oh yeah, and um, you know, and then like um, just like when she's basically kind of like screaming to the microphone, like I am not perfect. I have been going through the motions of being perfect, but inside I am screaming. I know. Um, and then she like goes out, and like there are like all these cameras, and she just starts mixing up. She's just like, "Don't stop! Don't give up!" Yeah. You know, and then she just starts making all these like, ah! yeah. <laughs> They're all like, "Uh, what's wrong with her?" And she's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, "So funny." I'm trying to think. Um, I, I like when, um, um, I like when. <laughs> The uh, scenes with, like, the principal, like, she's, like, such a horrible woman, but I, like, could not get enough of her. She really is, and apparently she's, I think it's the writer based some, like, one of his either family members and they worked in a school system in Canada, and I think that was happening. They were, like, they were, like, taking out the students that didn't make the good test scores, so Mm -hmm. it didn't make the school look bad, and a lot of them happened to be, like, immigrants or... Like, just people of color, low-income people. Like, it was, like, a very kind of, like, very similar to what this principal was doing. Yeah. She was, like, expelling kids because they were pregnant. Yeah. And, like, you know, like, (laughs) a lot of really crazy shit. Um, Do you have any good... Oh, I wanted to ask you. Do you have any good expulsion, suspension, or detention stories? Um, I have a detention... I I have a detention story. I got detention for going out the exit door at McLean. The fire exit door. Those... Those, oh, there's a word for this. Those, those, <laughs> that, that is so stupid. So fucking stupid, <laughs> right? Like, I, I've, I mean, I've cheated and stuff like that. And like, I didn't get any, in any trouble for that. It wasn't like a hardcore cheat, but, yeah. but I didn't get in trouble for that. But I think that's the only time that I've been like 
actually suspended. Oh. Or I wasn't suspended. I, was, I had detention. Okay. I mean, I don't think I was ever... I'm pretty sure I wasn't ever suspended. Or I, I was always too scared of getting in trouble. <laughs> like, um, so, like, I don't have any, like, good stories. But, like, I got... Um, I got detention twice for like coming in late and once because i forgot my math book you got Um, detention because you forgot your math book yeah like um i guess like i um i guess i i think like i had a i I like to keep everything in my locker and sometimes i just forget to go to my locker before class like how so uh, so i was just like all right well and um and then um, my mom, and then um, my, uh, and then I got detention twice for coming in late. And my mom, and my mom was like, just my, I t- my mom knew about. It. it wasn't like it was, it was, it was like a surprise. Oh, okay. And she was just like, well, just blame it on me. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Why? Um, and so um, you know, and, and you know, they had like that section. You know, like, what will you do to change your behavior? You know, and I was like, well, I don't drive, so you'll have to talk to my mother. <laughs> so, yeah, like. I mean, yeah, she left the house early or, or late, so what am I supposed to do? Um, so those are all... Um, and then I remember there was, like, that scandal where, like, we went on a ski trip. Yeah. And... Is this um, one where I was sleepwalking? No, I think I, I think that was I think that was a different one where like um where, oh I didn't did I go on I don't think I went on the ski trip this is at McLean right yeah 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 no I didn't go on this one it was it was the ninth grade one I think I was okay. sleepwalking yeah this was the eighth grade one yeah so the, um I guess like someone brought like brought like a bunch of vodka <laughs> to like this how old are we like thirteen fourteen <laughs> yeah. thirteen and so it was sort of like a con- a congressional in- investigation where like indictments yes get, it was where like indictments then get handed down to like you know many months later yeah it was so- <laughs> I remember when okay yes yes I remember this without saying anyone's name I remember we were in class this was this was like fucking subpoenaed yeah. like we were sitting in like an English class or something and a teacher would come in and be like I need to see Johnny like. Come, come with me. And then, like, we found out they were all being, like, hardcore interviewed. Yeah. Like, in an interrogation room. Also, this happened when another one of our mutual friends, I won't say any names, I don't know if they're, you know, listening to the podcast or anything, but but one of our mutual friends ran away. Yeah. In, I think, ninth grade. Mm-hmm. And the cops came, and because we were, like, we were we called ourselves the rejects um, at school <laughs> because we weren't, like, hanging out with the popular kids. We had our own thing. Um, which were way cooler anyway, and I'm sure half of them are probably even listening to this, so hey, what's up? <laughs> um, we were, like, anyway, so we were the only ones that, like, knew her really well. Mm. So when they found out that she, disapp- not disappeared, but she ran away, and they interviewed everyone, yeah. like, that day, and I wasn't in school that day, mm. and they seemed to think that, like, I knew where she was, and it was suspect that I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So then when I came in the next day, they, like, I think some teacher interviewed me and they were like, we had the cops here and they were like curious as to like why one of her other friends wasn't there. And like, did you know, were you hiding her? Um, come to find out it was kind of a scandal. There was like an older guy yeah. that she ran away with, but I think she ended up marrying him. Yeah. So yeah. So it was a scandal at the time, but I remember that was the only thing that I remember being like, Whoa. Yeah. This is crazy. Um, 
And then um, I remember for the eighth grade ski trip, there was someone who got suspended because he refused to talk. Yeah. And I, I, I just frankly thought that was pretty badass. That is. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I hope he's like a politician's like, <laughs> uh, like lobbyist or something now because he totally probably would be. It's kind of nuts. And then I remember coming back from that ski trip and like there are a couple people who were sick and they were like going in and out of the bathroom. They went, I, I like didn't know why. And, uh, you know, I was like, you know what? I get it now. <laughs> what were they doing? They were like they were. You know how like girls tend to like hang around the bathroom. Mm-hmm. So like there was like a group that was like hanging around the bathroom, and I was like, I was like I was, at like, the come. ski trip. Yeah, and, okay. Um, I think we like stopped at like a McDonald's or something. And then um, there was like one girl who was crying, and um, I was like, that's that's weird. Yeah. And then um, you know like they didn't say anything about it, and then I was like, oh wait. She was crying because she was drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no way. Oh, my God. That's so funny. That she was, like, emotionally crying drunk at, like, 14 years old. She wasn't even, like, a divorcee. (laughs) But, like, wow. Emotional crying when you're 14 drinking really... Yeah. Uh, Hit us up if you were ever emotionally crying getting drunk at 14. Because that's a... That's a fucking story. Yeah. You might want to process that. (laughs) And according to a source that I um, I talked to, a lot of people were drinking who were not caught. Oh. Yeah. Wait, did any... I mean, we're not... Okay, we won't say any names because obviously a lot of people, like, listen to the show who probably know us. But, like, did anything ever happen when, like, a girl gave a blowjob to a guy in the back of the bus? (laughs) At like so. 13? No. <laughs> or 14? Yeah, like they were never caught, right? No. Um, yeah, like nothing. Not that they would get, I mean, like, I don't know. They were both like kids, so it's not yeah. like they could really do anything. But but it's, it's not like of, there weren't any witnesses. Yeah, I was going to say, it was a bus full of people. It wasn't like in someone's car and they're 16 and they're just the two of them in there. It wasn't like Rayanne when she slept with Jordan and people knew, but it was in a car. So we didn't really see anything. God, I can't wait till we get to that episode. That fucking, ugh. Jordan Catalano is trash. That is all I have to say. It's all about Brian Krakow. <laughs> the older you get, you learn more about Brian Krakow. Um, do you have anything else? Or you want um, me to say one of mine? Uh, I have yeah, a little, sure. I have a little like, random notes. I just wrote like, I walked through the film a, a little bit, but I have uh, just random notes. Like when he opens it up, he just, he literally says, I'm, I'm going to have to put it in the po- in the notes or you're, you're going to have to watch the film. Uh, I think you can probably rent it somewhere, but it's a really good film. I think everyone should probably watch it. But he talks about, like, do you ever feel like America's just so fucked up? And, like, we're just one mistake or, or one choice away from just saying, like, fuck it. Yeah. Like, and that's literally what it feels like. It has felt like almost from those all those 30 years, you know? It just seems like there's always something happening. Um, clearly, if you follow anything at all, you know everything's just up in the air and topsy-turvy. Um, I love the quote that he says when he, at the end of the speech that he gives, he goes, eat your cereal with a fork and do your homework in the dark. <laughs> I think that's really cool. They're just a lot. He also mentions Wild Cherry Pepsi, and I wrote, yes! <laughs> um, I love a Wild Cherry Pepsi. I like it. It is way more superior than Cherry Coke. Fight me. Wild Cherry Pepsi is fucking everything. And Cherry 7-Up is even more of everything. And please, if 7-Up is anywhere, please sponsor us. I will literally take cases of Cherry 7-Up and have a camera and drink them all 
the time. Ugh, it was so good. <laughs> it is so good and it's really hard to find. I think you can find it on like Amazon and you can buy a case. I'm kind of want to go in on it with someone. <laughs> 50 bucks. I'm like, we would have like 12 cases each. It's not a bad deal. Um, Cause it's just, you can't find it anywhere. And when places, when I ask for Sprite places and when they say seven up, I get a fucking lady boner. I'm yeah. like, oh, seven up. Yeah. They have seven up. <laughs> they just corrected me to seven up. <laughs> so wait, is seven up the Pepsi version of Sprite? Yes. Okay. Actually, now it's Sierra Mist. And I oh. don't know who owns seven up. I think it was Pepsi, but I don't know if they're owned by another company. But I think Sierra Mist became the 7-Up, but it's not. Like, okay. I'm a Sprite connoisseur. I love Sprite and, like, lemon-lime sodas. It is not, no. Just like okay. Mellow Yellow is not Mountain Dew. Yeah. Just like no. that. Yeah, it's yeah. like, Ugh. it's it's the same, but not really. It, it is a great song, though. But... Oh, they call me Mellow <laughs> Yellow. Um, are all the bands on cassette, when they scroll up in the mm. beginning, I love that, and you see all the cassette tapes. Super cool. I wrote, wow, Hard Harry is doing a mime of him coming on his own face. This is <laughs> a lot. And this seems very Christian Slater or like boy humor. Yeah. But I find it funny that he has like all of these random masturbation jokes, which seems a lot to be like the young man's like comedy go-to. Yeah. And then of course, when you're confronted with like an actual girl, you're like, <laughs> he's like super shocked. Um, and it's also really funny too. Well, we'll get there later. Um, I love the living in an exhausted decade with no hope for the future. I think that's really cool. Um, and when you see him interacting with his parents in the beginning, it feels, I wrote, he's like an adult renting an apartment. It's like, <laughs> look, my deal was I get good grades and you leave me alone. <laughs> like, I, it almost seems like he rents the basement, he makes his own meals, and he's like, yeah. look, as long as I get good grades, you guys said you would literally leave me the fuck alone because I didn't want to move here. Yeah. You wanted to move here because of your job, so whatever. Um, like, he's a complete loner at school. Nobody kind of knows who he is. And I love that his, he talks about how his parents talk about the sixties and like how cool it was and how everything was like, (laughs) you know, on the verge and we really changed shit. And he's like, no, it's bullshit. It still sucks. (laughs) Like it was very sixties. Um, uh, like, you know, heavy, which is kind of was in the nineties. It was all about the sixties and the Mm seventies, which like now it's kind of all about the nineties. So things come around in circles, I guess. And I had the same uh, note where I love when he calls the head of guidance. And and at this point, he's running this this pirate radio station on like a an FM band, like 92 point something, pretty close to the college bands. I think usually the commercial bands would start around like 94 and up were like the stronger signals. So he managed to pirate the shortwave radio. Reminds me of the Pete and Pete episode. He also has, uh, his is called Wart Radio mm. um, on Pete and Pete, but he has this really cool episode where he hears this this song like randomly in a garage and he goes around to like his radio station and he's like, call me if you know this song, I'm trying to find this song, but it's cool that he has a radio station. So that was a thing in the nineties. You could kind of pirate an FM band that would only broadcast a small distance, but he managed to rig this in his basement, which I thought was really cool. Um, to do that. And I love when he calls the guidance counselor because his dad's the commissioner. So he has all the numbers and he essentially 
totally roasts him and says, you kicked out a pregnant girl when she came to you for advice and she came to you for help and you essentially used that against her and then just betrayed her trust. Yeah. And I, I love it. Like, it's yeah. totally true. He's, you know, totally reading them the house down. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, and then we get the red letter girl who reminds me of Rules of Attraction. Oh, that's right. Yeah, the girl had the pink or the purplish. Yeah, letters. yeah, yeah. yeah. Lots of glitter. Yeah, lots of glitter, which I thought was cool. And she was very, like, gothy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, very Paula Cole, you know, mm-hmm. where have all the cowboys gone? With an erotic twist. Yes. Too. <laughs> um, which is, I really like that when they kind of play off each other, when he finds the letter and he reads it. And then he, like, kind of responds to her. Because mm-hmm. he says, I think, after a while, like, leave your phone number. Um, after the, cause he keeps getting letters at this PO box and he's like, leave your phone number and I'll call you like guarantee, like I'll call you back and give you a response, but yeah. she never does. And he's like, I don't know who this girl is. Like, you know, I, but he's kind of still responding to her in this really poetic way about talking about like, wait for me and I'll be naked with a cock ring. Like <laughs> fucking kill me now. Like, kill me now. And then I love how later she confronts him on this and he's like, I don't know what that is. I mean, I read it in a book. I was like, Christian Slater owns one. Let's be real. Let's be, real. <laughs> like, let's be super real. I would love an NC-17 rating of this film, as well as Boogie Nights. So get on it. <laughs> there, um, There is actually an NC-17 uh, movie that I'm sort of interested in seeing. Showgirls? Oh, no, no. It's, um, I, I actually would like to see that at some point. But, Have you um, not seen Showgirls? No. Oh, my God. It's so good. We're reviewing it. <laughs> okay. We have to. <laughs> for the for the culture, we're reviewing it. It's got a great fashion, too. Um, but it's a, it's a movie by Ang Lee called Lust Caution. And I think it's, like, uh, I think it's sort of like an espionage, like spy tale that takes place in Shanghai during World War II. Oh, wow. But it's like NC-17, so there's like lots of sex. Nice. And, okay. Um, so I'm like, okay. Cool. I, I see that. When was it made in the 90s? Uh, I think it was the mid-aughts. Oh, oh, kind of recent. Yeah, like oh, I think okay. like 07, 08, something like that. I love it. That's kind of recent. <laughs> like not at all. It's like 15 years ago. <laughs> But kind of, sort of. Um, yeah. Another good quote, too, is where he says, everything's on hold. I think I actually posted this on Instagram, like, during the height of the pandemic, when it mm. literally felt like everything was on hold. And he was like, politics, sex, everything's on hold. We need something new. Yeah. Um, totally holds true for almost every generation. Now everything is basically in fast forward. <laughs> yeah. So. It's kind of nuts. Like, yeah. it's really crazy how everything's gone. Now, um... We get to a really interesting topic about like 45 45 minutes in where this kid calls up and he's having like complete suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. and he calls, um, what is this? I forgot. Does he have a name of the station? Uh, no, he writes a letter, right? Yeah. He writes a letter and then I think he calls him. It calls me, like, really serious or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, hey, and then he calls him up, and the guy is just... The guy is a guy that we've seen in the school, but we don't really know his, like, name or... Mm -hmm. I don't... I think his name is Malcolm. We find that out later, but we don't know his... He's not, like, a a big character. (coughs) But he also talks to him about, like... Like, he talks to... The way he talks him out of suicide is, like, really interesting, or the way he tries to. And he kind of says, like, look... um, you know, it's all about, I know you're like feeling really fucked up. Like the mm-hmm. world is super fucked up, but like getting through it is what teenagers 
do. Like, yeah. this isn't, like, everyone feels like that. Like, I think he says, like, I would kill myself, but I'm too depressed to even bother. Yeah. Um, so is, he's... Is that when he says this line, like, feeling screwed up um, at, 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 at a screwed up time and a screwed up place does not make you screwed up? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like, it, this film has so many good quotes and kind mm. of, like, mantras. And it's really interesting how he... He talks about how he relates to him. He's like, I don't even talk to anyone at school. He was like, you think I'm like this big, you know, like a really famous person because I'm on here talking so openly. He's like, but I haven't, I didn't talk to anyone today. Yeah. Like at all. And you see him when you see him at school, you literally see him say like two words to anyone. Mm-hmm. And Nora ha- eventually figures it out because she like stakes out the PO place and yeah. sees him open the letter. And she's like, oh, it's you. And he still is kind of... Like, apprehensive, like, mm, yeah. Like, leave me alone. I don't really want this. I was like, man. This also reminds me of how people found out that I had fashion grunge. Hmm. Because I kind of did it anonymously for three years. Okay. I don't think I... I probably told, like, you guys, like, my closest friends, but it wasn't a thing. And this was before, like, the internet or... Not before the internet. Not that old. But it was before, like, social media. Like, Instagram and all that stuff was a thing. Mm-hmm. So I had the the blog and I would just post about the 90s and, and all this kind of stuff. But I got outed at work because I didn't tell anyone. And then I found out that, like, I was in the early stages of blogging. Uh, I started the website in 08. So it was when like everyone had a blog. It was like mm. kind of when people had live journals, but the people who decided to leave live journal who wanted to create their own website kind of did. Yeah. So a lot of it was like fashion bloggers, people posting their outfits every day, but I didn't do that. I just posted about the nineties, but I didn't tell anyone about it. And it got like a lot of really good traffic in the beginning. Cause it was oh, like a cool. new thing. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of bullshit because of now there's just so much on the internet, but before there wasn't that much. So I kind of got outed in a manager's meeting at my job and one of the managers was like Lauren actually has a blog and I was like Jesus and and they were like yeah it's called Fashion Grunge and then I was like oh good no one's heard of it and then people were like that's you and I was like oh my god and then it like spread like kind of wildfire within the store I was working in and then someone from another store was like oh my god I catch people on the break room like on your website and I was like Oh, that's cool, but I'm not a, as you can probably tell or haven't been able to tell throughout the internet and in general, like, I'm not comfortable, like, being non-anonymous. Yeah. Like, I, I'm fine to do this this podcast, obviously, but I'm not about making myself the brand, as mm-hmm. a lot of people do. I mean, I know that it's probably something I should do, but I don't go live. I don't post selfies. I'm not, like, a personal, like, this is my... Uh, shoes like this is my I mean I used to post shit like that but I'm not like a I'm not the brand you know it's like a magazine we're talking about 90s shit I'm not that important but in any case I felt so weird and so exposed and I felt so much like Christian Slater in this when like he got (laughs) kind of outed and then um well he didn't get outed towards the till the end when like literally the whole town was coming for him because he was just making people think (laughs) whoa crazy concept um and then apparently independent thought alarm independent thought alarm like the simpsons that you sent me earlier um i do love that he kind of like tries to relate to this kid and he says like look things get better surviving is all is what it's all about and Mm. then you kind of think oh wow he got through to him and then he doesn't yeah which is what's really crazy 
And actually really kind of bold for a film in the 90s. Yeah, There was absolutely. also a student, uh, or not even a student, but a lister who was gay, mm-hmm. who was talking about him and another guy, and I think he was bashed, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he mentions that. That seems kind of revolutionary for the late 80s, early 90s in mm-hmm. films. It was not something that was just generally talked about. So this film definitely has... It definitely could have been made today. Yeah. In, in this exact way. They wouldn't yeah. even have to change anything. They could make it about a pirate radio station. Like, yeah. that would still make sense, which I thought was really cool. Um, I also love how his parents are, like, on his side. Or, or <laughs> not on his side, on his case about making friends and, like, talking to a girl. Oh, yeah. They're like, why don't you talk to anyone? You just sit around. And then he's like... I'm like, he's he's a fucking renter. He's renting the basement. <laughs> he has a whole goddamn show. They say sometimes he's on for five minutes. And one guy's like, sometimes he's on for five hours. I'm like, and you don't know this? How do you not know this? That he's downstairs? Do you not hear all those masturbation sounds coming from your basement? Yeah. <laughs> and like screaming in ecstasy when he is and is pretending to be masturbating. Like, what's the deal? And then, of course, they're like, why don't you talk to a girl? And then when they do find Nora in the in the basement, they're like, oh, it's okay. Please continue to fuck in our house. We don't care. Like, they literally are, like, most parents would be like, okay, who's this girl? We haven't met her. Like, what are you doing with our son? They're like, oh, thank God. He's banging chicks. Just let him fucking do it. Thank God. He's not a weirdo. I'm like, what? I'm like, this is so weird. Um... I also love the intercom takeover when they like oh, take yeah. over the intercom in the school and they're like, turn it off. We don't know how. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, just like sort of seeing the cracks and like the principal sort of like, you know, exterior when she starts to like lose it. She's like, turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off now. <laughs> she just gets so angry. It's really funny. Um, I wrote like, I love how the whole town gets out of control because of one guy and talking about, like, you know what? You shouldn't just take everything. You should just fucking do this, man. Like, don't even let anyone tell you what to do. Don't do this and that. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, the parents' meeting is another highlight when yeah. Paige defends him. And she's like, he's the only one trying to tell you what's wrong in this town. What's wrong in this school? <laughs> it's like, yes, Lisa Simpson. <laughs> like, go. Um, I do also love the scene, like, towards the end when, like, um, when, like, the teacher who got fired exposes the principal for, like, mm-hmm. the scam sh- she's been running. And she's like, the school. and? <laughs> yeah. She literally, like, doesn't give a fuck. She's like, and? And I, what? I, I get good test scores. I don't see what the problem is. She reminds me. I also wrote this down. I wrote, the principal reminds me of the teacher and the faculty. Oh, I yeah. think, like, they're just super evil and really weird. And you're like, <laughs> what's wrong? Is this Invasion of the Body Snatchers? I also wrote, it's so funny, too, how he bootlegged the phone the phone line. Yeah. Like, he's thought of everything. Like, yeah. you're not just going to catch him. Like, he's bootlegged it through someone else's phone. They're trying and to trace him. Like, and they he, can't. he has his mailbox registered to the school itself. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. I mean. it's, it's pretty cool. Like, it's pretty, mm. like, in and out. It's just kind of nuts. I also wrote, in that weird dancing topless scene... Was he thinking about Winona? Because she looked and sounded a lot like Winona in that <laughs> like mean. weird escape. That was that a sex scene? What was that? Um, they were using lots of FCC terminology and like you know talking about the the radio and about the the signal being pirated. And I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, and Is then it- I love how they have the FCC vans, like those power trucks and stranger I, things. I, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like, they look like some government operation, like weird. 
orange. I was like, does the FCC have that kind of power? Yeah, I was like, are they like the like fucking secret like police force? Like, what is this? <laughs> but it's so weird too because in the '90s, the FCC was like the almost like the internet because yeah. we didn't have a place to everyone to independently communicate to the masses Mm -hmm. so they had the control on everything that's why howard stern he was always fine because you would get fined like massive fines when you would talk about sex or talk about whatever so he was like i mean he was literally making masturbation sounds on air yeah like he already was this giant like fcc fine so they were like trying to find him but i love how they're like this is crazy. Independent people can't be having their own thoughts broadcast to everyone. <laughs> and now there's podcasts <laughs> where like everyone can listen to anything about uh, anything, which is kind of fun. Why, why unregulated radio would result in programming of the lowest common denominator. <laughs> which is podcasts. <laughs> which is literally podcasts and YouTube. That's literally like what it is. Like we don't even need a radio station or anything now because we're just broadcasting. So it's kind of funny. Um, I also love, yeah, and he builds like a mobile radio because now he's like on the move. Yeah. So he puts all of his shortwave shit, unplugs it, puts it into the Jeep of Nora, and she's like driving around frantically because he lost his license because he got two DUIs in two years um, in reality, and which just adds to the story. Um, and he actually mentions, like, I got no license, I got no car. I've got no way to get around. I was like, mm, hmm. wow. Um, and then so he's driving around, like giving like his almost like his last speech, like on the move. And everyone's at this one field where the signal's really strong. And then he gets to that field, and there's like this big, there's like this big reveal of like he's at the field, and he's like, "Living makes you strong. It begins with us, not politicians." And he's like, "Come on, man, like fuck shit up." And the town just goes completely haywire. Yeah. And and he's like, the earth needs healing as the helicopter comes up. And like, I wrote Thelma and Louise style. You just see this helicopter like come off on the side of the building and you're like, is this necessary? Like, they're not Thelma and Louise. Like, they haven't killed anyone. Like, and he essentially is getting charged for the suit like for like almost assisting the suicide of this boy yeah which i, mean, I don't understand how they they use a technical term for it in the movie i guess he like contribute I don't, I don't know it's it's something like he solicited or contributed to the suicide of a yeah or something like that. yeah i was gonna say it's a weird law but i also like too that and he also and he, all his thing is like talk hard like that's his that's his mantra is like talk hard, like mean what you say, talk yeah. hard, wear a cock ring, <laughs> fucking something else he says. He was like, um, he gives some kind of weird, uh, a weird quote. Do you have it? Well, um, it, the, the quote talk hard comes from one of Nora's poems. Oh, and it's, that's um, right. it's like where, um, he's like reading one of her letters out loud and he's saying, and like he's saying, I don't care. Jam me, jack me, push mm-hmm. me, pull me, talk hard. <laughs> Let me take a sip of beer. And excuse myself to an interior room. As, <laughs> as this one podcast I listen to likes to say. They're like, I had to open a window, smoke a cigarette, and excuse myself to an interior room. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. Um, and then, yeah, at the end, you hear this fade out. And it's cool. You, the cops catch him. He goes mm-hmm. in the back of a paddy wagon. So we're assuming that he probably... I don't know. I'm sure his hippie, rich, liberal parents yeah. get him out of this. Well, I think there's a couple comparisons to him and Lenny Bruce throughout the movie. Yes, there so, is. And he got caught for censorship, right? Yes. Comedian? 
Yes. Um, so, I mean, my guess is he probably got, he probably pleaded to a l- l- lesser charge and was able to get off on probation and maybe. Yeah, like, that's true. You know, community service. It's so crazy, though, just, yeah. to, just to, like, think about that this was, I mean, it's, what was it, like, Paradise City, Arizona? I think that was yeah. the name of the town. So it's so weird to think, I guess, in the small town, this was, like, the big happenings. Yeah. It's like, well, what's going on? But then you get this fade out of all these other kids and their stations. Yeah, yeah, that's Like, which cool. is really cool. You hear other kids mm-hmm. all around, and I think it was a thing. I mean, I think it was something you could do if you were knew how to like Jimmy rig signals and knew how to do all that. There were bands that were open, mm. you know, that you could just jump on and broadcast. And yeah, if you were into that audio kind of shit, like he had all this stuff yeah. in his basement. He had all these different like contraptions. And I also did like the scene when like his parents are like, pounding on his door and he's like, oh, just a minute. Yeah, <laughs> hold on. Um, and he's like trying to hide all the stuff and you see like what a big production all that stuff is. Yeah. And then like they've been, you know, knocking on the door for maybe like 20 seconds. And he's like, we've been knocking on the door for five minutes. I know. What have you been doing? Good. What are you doing? And then of course when he comes down and then he's all worried that they're gonna find his shit and then there's a girl and they're like oh oh uh, we didn't mean to disrupt you have at it goodbye we're going upstairs she's like well i have to go uh sorry and they're like oh no 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 it's totally cool fucking stay here i was like oh my I was god like, i mean there's it's one thing to like not have your parents be supportive and then it's another thing to have your parents be like too supportive but in the same time like yeah. you just got on my case because i have no friends friends little do you know i'm changing the whole fucking state yeah um and you're a problem dad (laughs) and you don't but the only thing you care about is me making friends as i think now we've come to to realize in society that that has nothing to do with who you are and like just because your your kid doesn't have like isn't the most popular i think he even tells him like there's some great groups at your school like after school commitments like why aren't you joining any activities i'm like back in the day i felt like you had to join every committee you won't get into good college if you're literally not in everything the school has to offer yeah um so now but literally he could be a fucking radio dj yeah. He can speak on his own and take callers. That's a yeah. That's pretty hard to do because you don't know what they're going to ask. Yeah. You know, you got to come up with something on... I would love to have callers on the show if we ever reach that level. I think it'd be super cool. I guess we should maybe branch out and start doing Instagram lives. Mm. Um, if we record in person, maybe we'll... We should do something where we like set up an, a little camera or something. Yeah, that sounds um, cool. That'd be pretty fun because, uh, yeah, that's, that's the way of the future. Video video and shit but uh yeah do you got anything more or? um i don't think so i have a couple quotes that yeah um, what, what other quotes you got really cool but um i love the quote it's 10 o'clock do you care where your parents are <laughs> yeah um, that's pretty cool that was an old ad we had on tv where it'd be like it's 10 o'clock do you know where your children are yeah like and it was always like you didn't know where your kids were this is back before fucking cell phones like and you honestly <laughs> didn't know where your kids were yeah my mom didn't know i was in north carolina one time visiting you <laughs> and i got caught because i got a speeding ticket so thanks a lot fucking <laughs> jeez um, only way i got caught and then I think he says this when he's talking to um, the uh, caller who, like, was gay. But, um, like, when he's 
Um, Harry says, like, I'm sick of being ashamed. I don't mind being dejected and rejected, but I am not going to be, be ashamed about it. Mm-hmm. At least at least the pain is real. You l- look around you and n- nothing is real, but at least the pain is real. So yeah. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that um, that is it for me. That's all you got? Yeah. Cool. I think that's um, all I got. And then I also wrote that Miss Crestwood is 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 a cunt about four times. Oh my god, she <laughs> is. She's like Superintendent Chalmers <laughs> <laughs> on The Simpsons and Skinner and like how and Mrs. Krabappel and like everyone. Miss <laughs> Krabappel's kind of cool. She's just misunderstood. Yeah, but like uh, I mean, Miss <laughs> Krabappel would be fun to hang hang out with. She totally would. <laughs> she totally would be super fun to hang out with. Um, let's see. I guess that's all I have. Christian Slater rules. He yeah. rules the 80s and the 90s. We got to do Gleaming the Cube. We got to do Cuffs. So we have a lot of we have a lot of films to get through. Yeah, so we're yeah. we're doing good. So I hope uh, you guys enjoyed this live episode live. I'm um, gonna. You know, this is Sunday. Usually they go up today, but uh, it's a holiday weekend, so I'll probably put it up sometime this week. So yeah, you'll know about it. You'll learn it. You'll live it. And you'll love it. Yeah. And. Uh, Yeah, we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Say goodbye, Amber. Arf, arf. 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 Arf.